0: Texas Talkin', you oh, what was that that you said? Texas
1: talking ah, gonna hoop your head? Texas talking tell me who can you trust when Texas got some oil and Texas got some oil? Hi there, this is Brandy Marquez, Commissioner of the Public Utility Commission of Texas. When I'm not thinking about the security of our electric grid, I like to listen to the Texas Tribune Tribcast, my favorite podcast, now that Reeve Hamilton has sold out to the second best university in Texas. Hook em. And now your host, Emily Ramshaw.
2: Thank you, Brandy. This is Emily Ramshaw here with the TribCast for the final week of May, and hopefully the final week of the legislative session. I'm joined by CEO and editor-in-chief Evan Smith. Hello. Executive editor, Ross Ramsey. Howdy. And reporter and sleepless colleague, Morgan Smith. Good morning. Or, or good evening. Or good evening. <laughs> <laughs> up early or up late. Exactly. All, All the above. <laughs> All right. So obviously, we're coming on the heels of a really wild and crazy night in the Texas House. Well, frankly, in the entire Capitol. But uh, I want to sort of take us chronologically through the evening and talk about all the different um, dramatic points. So let's sort of start by deconstructing the night. Obviously, Tuesday was a mega night that we were supposed to be debating ethics, uh, campus carry, abortion. Set the scene for us. Uh, What was the deadline we were up against? and, And what was the play just from the very get go?
1: Uh, It's the last day that the House can consider, at least initially on second reading if you're a a MOOC, uh, tentative reading if you're not a MOOC, um, Senate bills. Uh, So this was the last time that a Senate bill – this is the last time that a bill that had not passed both houses had a chance. Um, So you knew a lot of things were going to die. You knew as of last Saturday when they set the calendar, which is the agenda for the House, that there was this giant speed bump in the middle of it that started with an ethics bill and included – Four other pieces of legislation, any of which could drag on and on for hours. Anything that extends the debate on one bill, kills everything else that's gonna die at midnight. So that's kind of the setup for this. You know, it sets up as a natural drama every year. There was a small version of this last Thursday. This is like the final version. There's senators on the floor begging for their bills to live. It's fun.
2: Sounds like a total blast. <laughs> it's a blast. I mean it
1: just sets up as a it's just sets up as a natural drama. You never know exactly what form the drama will take but it sets up as a natural drama and what's interesting about it is you know you usually watch legislation and do it by counting noses and in this case you still count noses and it's still important who has more votes but it becomes more and more important who is a master of the game and who can really control the rules and really understands the rules because time is short and if you can manipulate time or manipulate the rules you can overcome minority staff, And who was the Archduke of Chubbing yesterday as far as that went? Well, I-, I don't think Chubbing was the main thing. I think the... Well, I think it
2: started... I mean, it started, it started with Chubbing.
1: Yeah, Chubbing is when you basically talk. It's like a filibuster, except it's not directed at a particular piece of legislation. Right. It's just designed... To drag things out. Right.
2: So the Democratic – I mean, let's start with the Democratic I'm going to answer my own question. Yes.
1: Terry Canales.
2: Yes. he. There's even now a Twitter account that's like uh, –
1: I'm glad you answered that because none of
0: us knew yeah. what you were talking about. <laughs> I knew it. I had a point in mind <laughs> right. when I raised that question. I thought, I thought Terry Canales was, in many respects, the MVP of chubbing yesterday. So we the also saw a good
3: uh, performance from Rafael and Chia earlier in the day um, when he gave a, a speech that was – Just very elaborately obvious that he was chubbing and it sounded like a parody of government. It was Uh, almost a parody of chubbing. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
2: (laughs) All right. So the Democrats start the day off by sort of slow rolling this. And then the Republicans um, try to make a move. Talk me through what the Republican
3: strategy was. So uh, Republican Larry Phillips attempted to shift the calendar around so that they could bring up the big ticket controversial items before the slew of uh, of more minor bills that they had to get through before they got there. But in order to do that, he needed a two thirds vote um, and was unable to do that. But very narrowly, uh, Democrats had to bring in um Representative Donna Dukes, who has been absent for most of the session because of health problems, she she showed, showed up, in, up a, <laughs> in a neck brace. <laughs> in a neck brace, um, and the vote took place, and uh, Republicans lost that lost that play. Um, but after
1: by three votes,
0: by, by three votes, and a couple yeah. of
3: Republicans actually voted with the Democrats.
2: right? Rick
0: Alendo yeah. and Sarah Davis voted with the Democrats. And That's then right. Two or three,
1: two or three Democrats voted with the Republicans. Well, I think Garnet mm-hmm. Coleman, Garnet was Coleman, was the only he one was who voted yeah. The Republicans.
2: Garnet Coleman said he had promised to do it and that he could quote do math and he basically knew that his vote wasn't going to affect the outcome. So. He went for it, and you know Sarah Davis is not a huge surprise. She's a Republican, but she um, uh, d- opposes you know further restrictions on abortion in Texas. And there was a big abortion bill later on in the pipeline. And in one of the marriage. bills the Republicans were in trying to marriage. get to was right.
3: Galindo, Galindo, and I I spoke to Galindo on the he
0: floor put the yesterday. Dough in
1: Galindo.
3: <laughs> you know this is his it's his first year as as in the ses- in the legislature, but uh, he said that he was concerned about one of his bills coming up later on the calendar and wanted to make sure that the. That, uh, that the House had time to get to it that day, so that was why he voted against it.
1: But so, if the thing had passed, it would have moved his bill up,
3: right? <laughs> yeah, <a> it's, <laughs> look,
0: look,
1: the, you know, it's a learning experience. All of us in here, all of us in here, right.
0: us in here are, 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 are generally happy when there's not math involved in our jobs. But the reality is that the Democrats have 52, which is more than a third, and so as long as they held ranks or came close to holding ranks, they were in a position to to, to thwart this. You can't blame Larry Phillips for trying. Right. Um,
3: um, yeah, and, you know, the the chubbing continued at some point after that. Uh, then Republicans started voting down Democrat bills. Right, in retaliation. In retaliation. Uh, then all the Democrats went into a back room. We saw Republicans kind of huddled around. They came back out. Democrat bills started passing again, and things appeared to be moving without Democrats trying
1: to drag their feet. So there was also a small war council off to the side, where some of the Democrats and some of the Republicans went aside and you know smoked a peace pipe. And okay, so who who are the smokers? I, I, I don't know who all was in that, but you know the the Speaker's office had people in there. The you know the Democrats sent some of their top guys in there, and it basically said, okay, look, so here's the conversation. We know the rules. You know the rules. You can do this. We can do that. Um, which kind of apocalypse do you want? And they basically said, let's just stay on schedule. We'll stop chubbing. You won't move the bills up and nobody will do anything nuclear. It did seem for a while that there was more A pace to the
2: yeah they picked Mm -hmm. up but also the democrats knew that this mauler of a bill this ethics legislation was coming down the pipeline and and i do want to actually get into some of the specifics of this bill because it's part of you know abbott's emergency priority list so we get to this monster debate on ethics and there are you know tons of amendments and it's hours and hours long where did we end up with this bill i mean what does it what does it do at this point the
1: the main thing we did you know skip to the end and then we'll go back the main thing we did was they got it to conference so right. the Senate has passed an ethics bill. The House has passed an ethics bill. And now they can go to conference and, and figure it out. And that's
0: all they have in common, that they're right. both <laughs> called ethics <laughs> yeah. bills. Does well, it <laughs> So
1: this bill starts in the Senate. Van Taylor files a bill. It's 14 pages long. It comes out of committee. It's five pages long. Something has happened to it. <laughs> we don't like on ethics. It's on a <laughs> yeah. Jenny Craig plan. And comes to the floor of the Senate. The Senate puts More 10 like amendments on it. More like bariatric surgery. Flings it, over to the, uh, flings it over to the House. The House gets the bill and completely substitutes it with a bill of its own and adds a bunch of stuff that the House wanted that the Senate didn't ever even talk about. And then it gets to the floor of the House, and they went through 32 amendments. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure exactly how many of them got on. But they get this sort of dog's breakfast of a thing to conference committee. And now the Senate and the House will each send five people in. And presumably this is where the governor um, weighs in or doesn't. Greg Abbott in February in his State of the State speech made you know, said, let's make this the ethics session. Let's make this the centerpiece of the thing. And he's been relatively quiet since then and hasn't said, you know, some version of I want these three things or these five things or none of those things. It's going to be interesting. One of the big issues here is dark money. And this is the the donations to political nonprofits that don't have to be reported. So you can run a political nonprofit and the donors of it don't have to say who they are or how much they gave. Byron Cook in the House and some others want... Um, that changed so that you have to report who the donors are if you're involved in a political enterprise, whether it's for-profit, non-profit, regular campaign, or whatever. And
0: and that's something that was a big flashpoint in the last session, and has been a hot topic, nationally hot topic in Texas. But the Senate is not interested. Webster's
1: Interestingly added dark money to the dictionary (laughs) yesterday Yesterday. while they were doing this. So so, so that was a big issue. So so that's going to come up. And what's interesting about this is the Supreme Court justice who wrote the opinion that said, you know, you shouldn't have to disclose dark money on the Texas Supreme Court was Justice Greg Abbott, which is sort of an interesting little play here. So he's going to weigh in on this. I don't know where he's going to fall on that. But they're either going to get an ethics bill or they're not. And the governor is either going to get his quote unquote centerpiece issue or he's not. I think that's going to be an interesting. well, setup so for the so last a, week. A, so a couple things on that.
0: I mean, again, as you did, let me go to the end and then come back to the beginning. The differences between the House and the Senate bills are significant. Van Taylor was out with a statement so fast that it left skid oh, marks. Oh yeah, I mean,
3: it was like five paragraphs
0: right. long. Basically, he, I don't
2: like this it As it if he knew this
3: was <laughs> yeah. coming. It
0: was, the the, the <laughs> entirety of his statement was yeah. basically <laughs> hell to the no. That was what his response was I to the House like bill. I do not like Sam, I am. Right, and so um, one possible scenario here is that they come to conference and they don't come to an agreement, at which point there could be no ethics bill, at which point then the question is, does Greg Abbott's emergency item languish not ultimately get passed. It's the only of the emergency items that doesn't ultimately move forward, and he feels a need to call a special. I seriously doubt it. Well, we've been saying all you know last little while. Oh no, special. Evans kind of rooting for a special. Well, I, I, I'm not actually. Sorry. No, I I came around the bend. No, I was I was, <laughs> and then I stopped. Evan Smith fight promoter. And then I stopped. But now I actually wonder if, if there is anything remaining that could be a trigger for a special. It might be this. It's uh, the
2: only thing, I think, that's remaining yeah. that could be a trigger for the session. But Abbott has not been firm enough, I think, about what he wanted to see in this for there to be well, a special. Well, one, but
0: one of three outcomes. Either they gut a conference and they come to an agreement. <laughs> they gut a conference and they don't come to an agreement, and Abbott decides to leave it alone. Or they got a conference, they don't come to an agreement, and Abbott says, screw it, you're going to come back because this was an emergency item. <laughs> it's one of those three. I'm curious about that part of it, so that's first thing. Second thing is you mentioned the dark money stuff, which was is a really interesting component of all this. Even more interesting, I thought, was the whole American Phoenix Amendment. You know, in fact, two amendments: this is two like American the Phoenix Preventing
2: amendments. the video recording. One, no. one I got, got to wonder
0: about the constitutional. The Matt Schafer amendment, which would have uh, uh, said that if you're going to apply two-party. Uh, you have to have a two-party agreement on taping inside the building that it ought to apply to the entirety of the state, not just legislators. Yeah, two-party means everybody who's in the conversation agrees to Has to consent to, the, to being right. taped. And yes, then, tape and it, right. then um, uh, Martinez, Mondo Martinez came back and said, this also applies to our district offices. Um, and uh, Schaefer's amendment to try to turn it into two-party for everybody failed, and Martinez's amendment to extend the ability to— to uh, have to have two-party agreement for legislators down to district offices passed. And it was clear, It's I mean, you know, somebody, Brian Rosenthal, the Chronicle, or somebody tweeted yesterday, they don't tell me that American Phoenix didn't have a big part to do with how the session was resolved. We've just basically spent all this time talking about amendments that were very precisely targeted to those guys. And he's, he's right. I mean, the conversation so directly pivoted to that yesterday. I thought that was in some ways more interesting than the dark money stuff because – it exposed
1: well. And, it dark exposed money. everybody, all tied f- to
2: dark money. and they yeah. and they
1: buried some stuff that has been a big conversation item. So there's this argument about splitting the tab. You know, yep. this is the thing where
2: lobby whining and dining. Yeah,
1: lobbyists can take members to dinner or entertainment or whatever, and don't have to report the name of the member unless they spend over a certain amount. And if they spend over that amount, and there's two lobbyists. You can split the bill, and each lobbyist can run it up to that amount. And it's another way of not reporting who you had dinner for. And the legislature, you know, this is always getting blamed on the lobby, that the lobby spends all this money whining and dining legislators. There's a lot of legislators living on this, and they just don't yeah. want to be the named. The legislature I mean, they don't want... get paid
3: anything. Right. Right. So, 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 so right. given yeah.
1: a chance – yeah, it's so sad. <laughs> <Right>. given, <laughs> given a chance to – uh, regulate this, the House instead came in and said, no, no, let's allow splitting. Uh, so, th- so there's a bunch of stuff here. The other possibility, this is remote, but it's possible, yeah. is that the Senate gets the bill and says, okay, yeah, and, and sends and, it to the not government. Not with Un- Van Taylor. Unla- All right, so back yeah. to one, one more thing. Right.
0: What we saw we yesterday there, on, bo- on both sides is thematically, everybody wants transparency except when it applies to them. People. Everybody wants to see everybody else's stuff. Everybody wants – everyone's calling for transparency, but when then they say, OK, well, then you provide us with the same level of transparency that you're asking for, that's when people s- – s- you know, what what are the tapers and what are the outside groups banging the drum loudest about is transparency, but when transparency is asked of them, no. Reverse is true with the legislature. The legislature says, oh, well, these outside people have got to be more transparent, but don't make us reveal more about what we do by digitizing our personal financial statements. Don't make us reveal who's paying for our steaks and lobsters at dinner. Right. 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 I mean, it really is. It's, it's Luckily, hypo- Texas land and cattle it's was hypocrisy, man. protected
2: from the Austin floods. <laughs> it's in good shape. Yeah. yeah. So none of them will have to worry. I Let's thought it was interesting that there was a moment when Byron Cook, who is spo- the sponsor of this bill, was asked to pull it down. Very
0: specifically. Specifically
2: to, down, to yeah. let you know us get on to campus carry abortion legislation. And he was basically like, nah, no thanks. Which was interesting given what a sort of central role he, has, he played in a fight a couple nights ago over this abortion bill. You know, the one where he... And Jonathan Stickland got into basically a tussle on the on the house floor.
3: Yeah, that whole dynamic was funny because you had um Matt Schaefer, I believe it was, go up to the back mic and say, you know, let's not let's postpone this big debate on ethics so we can get to guns and um the anti-abortion bill uh, yet after that we had a huge interparty fight play out among mostly Republicans over this ethics bill that ended up, I mean, if I was a Democrat sitting there and worried about having to chub until midnight, I would just kind of sit back and like watch it roll because, I mean, that was a fight that was really among Republicans um, and made it so we didn't, the campus carry bill didn't get taken up until 930. So then it's 930
2: and we get this campus carry bill. It has more than 100 amendments on it by this point. Was campus carry always supposed to be on the House floor? I mean, I thought there was a time where we weren't even thinking this was going to hit the House floor and it was going to have to be an amendment to open carry or something else. Like, how did we even get here?
3: So the that's right. So the idea was, since campus carry was having trouble getting out of the calendars committee in the House, that it would be attached to another gun bill in the Senate and then sent over to the House for an up or down vote, which probably had the votes to pass. Um, But before the Senate took up that other piece of gun legislation, apparently House and Senate leaders came to an agreement that no, the House was going to have its own separate debate on campus carry and Dan Patrick said that he was promised by Speaker Joe Strauss that this bill would come up and the House would approve it.
2: Yeah, you know, people were sort of sending that note around yesterday being like you know, during the middle of this debate being like, ha ha, look at this. Dan Patrick thought that Joe Strauss promised him it was going to get out of the House. There's no way this is going to get
3: out of the House. That's right. And,
2: you know, well, did
0: Joe Strauss promise that he would pass it or did Joe Strauss
1: promise he would bring it up for a vote? He promised it would leave the House.
2: No, no, no,
1: Patrick said he promised. He, he was assured that it would pass. Right. Yeah. Strauss said he was. Uh, he assured Patrick that it would come up.
3: Interesting. Okay. So yeah. So never
1: the Twain. Show <laughs>
3: yeah. Right. <laughs> and you know, as this debate started, it really. I mean. Many members were kind of off to the, the House chamber was very loud. People weren't really paying attention. There were a lot of amendments to consider. And it almost seemed like a foregone conclusion that this was just going to go until midnight and
0: die. Um, in fact, somebody specifically asked, I think Trey Martinez-Fisher asked, if a bill is being considered at midnight and midnight comes, is it like if you're in the restaurant when it closes, they have to let you finish your meal?
2: I mean, I, or do yeah. they kick
0: you out? He, uh, he was told right. by, I think it was uh, Kempel, uh, John Kempel in the chair, Midnight's,
2: Midnight's midnight.
0: midnight, which we both enjoyed that. Yes. Uh, yes. No. <laughs> Midnight's <laughs> and at, Midnight. And at
2: 10 o'clock, like other news organizations, thank God not ours, <laughs> wrote stories that said campus Carrie's poised to die right now. You know, I mean, it's... It,
3: yeah, and,
1: Never kill a bill. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, things started getting interesting when um, higher education chairman John Zoros got up and offered an amendment that... Uh, the The bills sponsor in the House, Alan Fletcher, said that he would accept that was basically giving universities the right to opt out without really without fully going there, but giving universities a lot of control over where exactly on campus they could um, allow guns, something that was, you know, poisonous in the Senate and a huge departure from kind of, I think, what uh, Senator Brian Birdwell... And could and may yeah. not survive
0: a conference committee,
3: right? Right, right. And so that that got on. Um, there are a couple of points of order. It's now 11 p.m. Um, Trey Martinez-Fisher. Democrat of San Antonio. Democrat of San Antonio. The,
0: like, rules wizard. Puts the MF and TMF you know, here. <laughs> right. He is a tough MF at that moment.
3: Uh, goes up to the back mic, calls a point of order. It, there's kind of does a very dramatic, slow walk up to deliver it. Uh, And it
0: was about the word premises in the bill analysis versus the word campus, right? There was some technical point about language in the bill analysis.
3: Exactly. And so there's about 30 minutes spent, and it becomes clear that this is probably a uh, valid point of order. Um, But so Martinez-Fisher withdraws then all of a sudden, two amendments... I mean, very, very rapid fire. Two amendments get adopted, and all of a sudden, uh, we're having a vote on campus carry, and everyone amendments
1: sitting on the table.
3: With 100 amendments sitting on the table, everyone's kind of looking around. Even some Democrats uh, started shouting out, like, whoa, 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 like, what's happening right now? Um, everyone goes up to the front mic or the dais. There's more conversation. Then the vote happens very quickly. Um, and basically... Uh, there was some kind of deal worked out that they would, um, now that the bill had kind of been watered down, giving universities more control, exempting medical centers, and then also, interestingly, exclu- uh, making it so private universities have to follow the same rules as public universities. Hello Rice. Hello
1: Baylor. Mm-hmm. Hello TCU.
3: Um, that that this was going to be allowed to make it through. It still has a final vote that it has to get through today in the House and Trey Martinez Fisher said as much last night that he expects the private university lobby uh, to, to freak out, overnight. to freak out yeah, and kill this bill. Ray
0: Martinez's hair would have all fallen out had he had any hair at that yeah, point. head of okay, right. One yeah.
3: thing to note is also that Baylor University is the largest employer in State Senator Brian Birdwell's district he's in the Senate. Senate well, and I, he's a I, Senate sponsor. Is there
0: a constitutionality issue with legislating? Private property owners to have to do things. I mean, that no. was that was what came up in the in the discussion of the amendment on the private or uh, mm-hmm. some. They
1: regulate pro- private property owners all the time.
0: My point is, can the state tell private universities and private colleges? That was what came up. I'm asking it open an open question. That came up in the discussion of whether private colleges should be made to uh, to have to obey the same rules of as publics. Well, well, I guess this, it's the balancing Silve, thing because Sylvester
3: it's a, a second amendment. I mean, this is if you believe that it, it's your constitutional Second Amendment right to be able to carry your gun in certain right. places, then, I mean.
0: What is, I, the, what is the, the sign that now businesses get to put up? The 30-06. 30-06 right. sign. So couldn't a campus put up a 30-06 sign the same way that a cafe does?
3: I mean, that's a good question. In theory, yeah. I mean, but step
2: back before that. What is the motivation on the Democrats' part to reach an ag- agreement on this? The, if they the had two, a the point two of amendments order.
1: that got on in very rapid order, yeah, so, I
2: got that part. But but I mean, couldn't they have
3: just killed the
1: bill? It still passed, so, like, right?
3: Right? Like, couldn't they, they had a valid? And point it of seems order. like they could have continued to just Chug. talk out the amendments. But the other piece of this was um, apparently there were about 28 Republicans who had signed a piece of paper and were prepared to ask the speaker to call the question on the debate. You tweeted it. I tweeted it. um, And it, and so that would affect, in effect ended the debate if the speaker had chosen to recognize that and forced a vote. So there's that, there's that kind of looming. um, I, I think, you know, Perhaps there's probably strategy on um, leadership in the House's part on you know working with Democrats. They can get this bill out, uh, but its fate is still very unclear. Could,
0: couldn't uh, may I ask a question of, of the kind of the parliamentarian, Ross? <laughs> so let's assume that Trey Martinez Fisher's point of order is valid.
2: And was it on an that amendment the, or that a in bill? The,
0: bill, it was the bill analysis? A bill. Of the it was bill. analysis so right. let's assume his point of order is valid. Right. Is there a double jeopardy rule for points of order? What do you mean? Once you've called a point of order and you withdraw it, is that point of order then dead for all time? Right, could you call or it again on today? on third reading, as we sit here on Wednesday today, right. could Trey Martinez-Fisher say, uh, I'm putting my point of order he on could. premises versus campuses back up I today. think he could no, you, because it was you,
1: never ruled on. You laundered the points of order that applied in second reading when you voted it out.
0: Oh, so you – the bill – So then
1: there is a double jeopardy. They fix – Well, right. So if you can call a point of order on a third the on a third reading, but – it, um,
3: I don't know, but – So when it, they pass have, it, well, does it I, fix whatever the point of order was
1: yeah, it, you in know, the legislation? Every, you know, if there's something illegal in committee, You know, there's a point of order in committee or there's a procedural problem in committee and you vote it out and you get it – and nobody calls the foul, then it's not a foul. It goes I, on. I can't understand why
0: a point of order that is legitimate on second reading – is made illegitimate by virtue of the House passing the bill on second reading. Because at each stage you can write a new bill now I
2: have trouble imagining that mm. there is going to be a parliamentary effort to kill this today because it seems like they had to have brokered some arrangement yesterday.
1: I think they brokered the arrangement they brokered yesterday was procedural. I don't think it was mm. about the content of the bill. I think it was, let's go ahead and pass this mm-hmm. out. Let's go ahead and do this. If we If we pass the campus carry bill... The next bill, it looks to everybody who's not paying attention like the next bill on the calendar is this abortion bill. But, but was, they had several They had several right. bills that they had they delayed. Knew, there they were three or four there. of them. They knew that The spending cap bill came next, right? right. The spending mm-hmm. cap bill was next. They had a couple of postponed bills. Yeah. They ate up the rest of the clock. They only had 32 minutes. You know,
0: I had this weird moment, and this is watching too much TV, mm-hmm. where, you know, you had I was like running parallels, right? So in the House, you had the discussion over the campus carry bill and they had the point of order. In the Senate, you had the discussion of the gay. Uh, a foster parent amendment, Scott Sanford's amendment, that had attached itself to Craig Estes' bill by way of Donna Campbell. Both points of order happening at the same time. Both points of order withdrawn at the same time. And you couldn't help but wonder right. if Conspiracy. some deal had been cut <laughs> sort of, you know, in the in the bathroom or in the cafeteria where they said, Okay,
1: we need a picture and a picture on the Campbell, live stream. Campbell's yeah. going to
0: pull hers if the over here, if the Democrats pull theirs over here, I'm sure that didn't happen, but a boy, it seemed, seemed like it, it. Right.
3: So, what
2: kind of message was Strauss sending as a leader last night in the midst of this campus carry stuff?
1: Because I'm in charge. I mean, they did a couple of things that were, you know, they had a. They, ha- explain that they mastered the rules. I mean, they've got the they, you know, the, the Republicans mastered the rules. Well, they've the gotten end. much, much better at it. They mm-hmm. they knew how the game was going to play here, and so there's a group that wants to get to the abortion bill and and speed up the calendar, and Jeff Leach was one of the people involved in this, and they went out and collected signatures to do something called moving the previous question, where basically you you dump all the amendments and you go back to the first question, which was, do you want to pass this bill or not? And if you present to the speaker, you know, if the speaker recognizes you and you present that motion and those 25 signatures, the rules say you get three minutes of debate on each side and then you go, you vote on it. And if, you know, there was some sentiment-
0: majority. Two
1: thirds or majority. I'm not positive of that. But anyway, but you, but anyway, I think it's I think it's majority. But yeah. anyway, you come back and use and you have those at the same time. He was collecting his signatures. Another group was collecting 25 signatures so that they could also move a previous question. And so you get these dueling things. And during this. 30-minute point of order that Trey Martinez-Fisher called, the little side group, always watch the side caucus, you know, the little group on the side was talking about, okay, you've got enough things to call a previous question, so do we. You know, how do you want to proceed? And what they agreed to do was, you know, the Democrats said, okay, we'll drop the point of order if these two amendments go on and we'll proceed with the calendar. And that's all the leech guys wanted to do. I'm not sure everybody in the room knew that the next bill was going to be SB-9 and the bill after that was going to be a delayed bill and and we (laughs) never would get to the abortion bill. I think that
2: part was the only pretty clear thing about the evening. I mean, because you knew they'd skipped them earlier and you heard them say what time they were going to come back up. Uh, You know, I mean, my other question about this was is this the House effectively saying we think campus carry is more important than this abortion bill? Because they could have easily pulled down any of these bills to get to abortion if they, you know, really wanted to.
1: I think a lot of them you know talked a lot about campus carry and really wanted to vote on this i mean you know the the problem this is the saturday thing i was talking about when you saw that calendar on saturday um or on sunday the the it was clear that this four or five bill stack was going to be the mountain in the middle of the calendar and the problem for advocates of any of the bills in there was that there were strong advocates for the other four bills and you know you you A lot of people wanted to vote on the ethics bill. A lot of people wanted to vote on, you know, it wasn't a matter of saying I like this more than the other thing, but I like this enough that I need to vote on it. Mm -hmm.
2: So what's left now at this point? I mean, is the super, you know, wild and crazy controversial stuff largely through what's outstanding that we still are going to have big fights on?
1: The Senate still has its deadline, so we've got you know the Senate deadline for last day to consider bills, and we'll have a version of what happened in the House last night. It's usually not as dramatic, but it could be. Well, and there's the intergovernmental
0: inter-government relations bill that Eddie Lucio is is um, managing that now has the Cecil Bell gay marriage. Gay marriage. Right. Uh, language attached to it
1: you switch pretty quickly to watching conference committees and and differences between which are hard to watch Yeah. (laughs) yeah they are and you know it's a bunch of people walking around you know mumbling at each other and you know we're gonna see them reconcile all these differences between the house and the senate on things that are you know politically important and you know on some things that are still very important you know the budget hasn't been voted out yet that's supposed to be on Thursday if they stick to schedule there are a bunch of fiscal bills that attach to the budget that if they don't pass, they actually could force a special session because they've you know, got to keep the government running. There's a lot of uh, tying loose ends to go. And and like I said, there's still a big debate. Who Morgan setup. has a motivation to
0: screw all this up at the end?
3: I mean if – Campus if, Kerry in particular? No, I, I mean, mean I, I think, think that – I mean, really who has
0: the motivation to make trouble here at the end?
3: Dan Patrick. I mean, he could – Basically, he's gotten everything that he wants out of his chamber um, and he can pretty much blame everything on Strout, things not passing on Strauss. And then, um, you know, Greg Abbott's kind of cut, caught in the middle and, you know, he, he can get and Dan Patrick can kind of rib Abbott for not, you know, displaying proper leadership. Um, yeah, boy, Patrick really things, has gotten almost yeah. everything he wants. Yeah, it's all juncture. out of the Senate, you know, so he can just kind of well, sit there. Well, but here there are
0: some and, things he didn't get. Didn't get the abortion bill. Didn't get in-state tuition. Oh, that's true. Overturned state for undocumented tuition. students. Yep. Yeah. And that's did, that dead. Didn't get sanctuary cities.
3: And re- Yeah, I mean, on the immigration stuff, given how much that was discussed during the lieutenant governor primary and how right. big an issue, it, is, that's a good it point. is noteworthy that that has not been the, a topic the, the, of discussion. The Senate, the Senate yeah. appears
0: to have won on the budget stuff, the, m- largely. Mm.
3: And yeah, I think the jury's
2: the
0: out House, on the gun stuff. The, the House but, yeah. has
1: won on some of the social issue stuff. Some. I, you know, I think there's right. plenty here for everybody to claim. I don't, you know, there's not a big dramatic loss. There's not a big dramatic mm-hmm. win here. And there's they're already building their PR campaigns. There is an amendment. I think we're going to hear more about this. That House Bill 32 was the franchise tax thing, and what they agreed to do was cut the franchise tax by 25%. 25% right. So it's in conference and they're working out the details. But the Senate added something after the House did this. They added Section 1 title. This act shall be known as the Franchise Tax Repeal Act of 2015. It doesn't repeal anything. <laughs> Somebody's building a PR can. Smart guys. I think there's going to be little, should... little Easter eggs like that all right. over the place.
0: This is all about the 2014 primary and the 2016 primary. This is all about what we campaigned on and I, what we're going to be campaigning. I on. I don't think it's twenty sixteen yet.
1: Our, I do, don't you? I mean, what did you see? I think – well, No, I, I take that back. I, I, I jumped forward two years. yeah It is about 2016. What
0: do you? Yeah. I mean, the, the the ethics discussion yesterday. It was all about how this is
1: Byron Cook's last session. He's not coming back. By gum, you know, we're gonna we're well, gonna get and, him. And Jonathan Stickland and some others are running around saying, you know, there's a guy named Thomas McNutt, who's part of the Collins Street Bakery family up in Corsicana, that they've already recruited to run against Cook. So while Cook was laying out SB19, you know, some of his foes on the floor were saying, We've recruited an opponent for him. We'll never. This is the last bill you'll ever see the out of him. The
3: last bill he'll ever lay out
2: on the House right. floor. All right. right. If you'd like to recruit an opponent for us, you can email Please us put, at Tribcast at texastribune.org. Also, right. check back every Thursday for a brand new podcast on the 2016 presidential race from KUT's uh, Ben Philpot and our own Jay Root. And we'd like to thank Shiny Ribs, as always, for doing our music. On behalf of Evan, Ross, Morgan, and our producer, Todd, thanks for listening.
3: Texas talking.
0: Talking,
3: talkin'.
0: talkin 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 you, see you, cry. Well, so, you I, have talking about Takes the top, baby he's the top, baby Takes to top, baby Takes the